God's people at sealinggodspeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about the sealing of God's people, which alludes to the time, the sealing for the great tribulation that is soon to come upon the people of God in the last days. The famine, pestilence, sword, noisome beast, my four sword judgments, God said that I sent among my people to know them and to try their ways. The sealing is a sign of ownership. It's the sign, Alaftav, the signet, the sign, S-I-G-N, E-T, Alaftav, is the Alaft through the Tav in Psalm 119. It is the Hebrew ABC theory that speaks of all the attributes of God. From the Aloft, which is the omnipotent, it's a, a sign of an ox, and it means God's all, He is the Almighty God. Then you have Beth, uh, that second letter of the ABC theory, which is the house of God. The Word was made flesh and tabernacle dwelt among us. And then you have the Gama, and, and that's the bridge over to carry it over. Uh, there, it's a camel's hump. And it's the church carrying it over into us. And then the Daleth door, uh, Jesus is the door to the sheepfold, etc. The Ha, the Spirit of God. Jesus is that Spirit. Uh, the Vav, the connection. Uh, the sixth letter in the Hebrew ABC theory. Uh, connecting God to man, heaven to earth, uh, to unlike things, uh, etc. All the way through the Tav which is the final consummation of all things, which is salvation. And there's 22 letters in the Hebrew ABC theory, just like there's 22 letters, uh, 22 chapters in the book of the Revelation that has the Hebraic design of the Tov. And Jesus is, is each one of those attributes, many attributes, but one spirit. And Jesus is that spirit. Now, the sealing is the sealing with the Word of God. That after you have received the Word of God, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption. Until we receive that purchased possession. There, then the sealing, when God spoke to us on the 19th of January, 2019, seal my people by my Word. As the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. And we are right now entering into that time where God is preparing his people by his word, believing his word. And through this word, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now we're going to be discussing two different literal manifestations. And that is the mystery of godliness versus the mystery of iniquity. Now, we find that mystery of iniquity that doth already work. It is the uh, children, worketh in the children of disobedience. And as we get into this message, you'll see that the choice is ours. It's the heart. For guard your heart, for out of it proceed all the issues of life. Now, in Revelation 7, we find that after these things, John said, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that they should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, 
nor on any tree. He was to hurt. But before this time of tribulation, this time of evil, that there will be a sealing of God's people. In Revelation 7, verse 2, And I saw another angel ascending from the east. Now, east is RMD, 144. It's the work of the Holy Ghost. Having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them that were sealed. And they were sealed 144,000 out of each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he changes the order. The order that we see in Exodus 28, according to the tribes, that's according to the work of the ministry. Now it's changing. We see that Judah still remains the first one. Howbeit everything else is changed. And we'll talk about this order and why the difference in the, the order of the tribes in Revelation 7. According to the oath of tribes, what shall befall thy people in the last days? According to Jacob, Genesis 49, and according to Moses in the Song of Moses in Deuteronomy 32 and 33. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Now, Paul, writing a church to Thessalonica, told him, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up to beat the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. The catching away, the gathering together unto the Lord God, or the rapture of the church is what he was referring to in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. At that point, they thought that the coming of the Lord was imminent. It's any minute now it was going to happen. So it required Paul to write another letter to set these things in order. And he talked about sufferings. He talked about persecution, why it was necessary but what we find in the church today is a crossless Christianity. You're taught that Jesus paid it all on the cross. Therefore, there is no cross for the body of Christ. There's no sufferings in the body of Christ, which that is exactly opposite of what Jesus taught. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself. Go pick up his cross and follow me. His cross, yes, you're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. For if you suffer with him, you will reign with him. Peter tells us exactly why. In 1 Peter 4, verse 1, it says, For as much then Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Be ye therefore likewise minded having the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That suffering is an essential 
necessary to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. And this is going to lead us to the mystery of iniquity. In, in that Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, Paul said, seeing that your faith groweth exceedingly. Well, we're going from faith to faith. And we're adding to our faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge, temperance. For the man of God must be temperate in all things, ruling well his own spirit. Then temperance, patience. That after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience. Well, tribulation worketh patience. That's the reason for tribulation. Trouble. Worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. How do you know that God will meet all your needs? How do you know that he will provide through the supply of the spirits? Because the spirit of God, they said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So it requires us to add to that faith, not just saying, I have faith and I've asked Jesus to come into my heart or I've said the sinner's prayer and I'm saved, not realizing that that just gets us in the race. Paul said, don't you know we all run in a race, but only one winneth the prize. What prize? The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. For this reason, Paul said, I have not already attained yet. I haven't reached that mark yet. Neither am I already perfect. But I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. That is that spirit. The spirit, the Lord is that spirit. It's growing up into him in the word of God. Not only a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. For this man that does this in his deeds shall be blessed in all that he does. Not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Jesus said, he that called him, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you. You draw close to me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. It is in that doing the will of God. You have added to your faith. Faith growing from faith to faith. This faith groweth exceedingly. Second Thessalonians 1. And the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. We're bound to thank God for you, Paul said. Thank God that just charity is abounding one toward another. The love of God, the love for the brethren, love for the body of Christ. A new commandment I give you that you love one another, even as I have loved you. We see that faith alone will not save you. James said, you show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Can faith alone save you? No. Faith automatically requires not just a hearing of the word, but a doing of the word. So we have to add to our faith virtue. Somebody said, what is virtue? Virtue is a virtuous woman. It's we hear the oracles of God, the promises of God. And we not to hear the word, but then we do them. To believe in the Lord means to trust to, trust in, and adhere to that. In obedience. And obey. To hear, adhere to it, and obey the voice of the Lord. The time is coming and now is. See, that's progressive. The time is coming, future, and now is. When those that hear the voice of the Son of God 
shall live. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But we have to walk in that light. That walk is not just a hear of the word, but a doer of the word. By doing the word, that by men seeing your good deeds, that is you're doing it, in obedience to the word of God, that your heavenly father, the Lord Jesus, is blessed in heaven. You've added to your faith virtue. Virtue is you're virtuous. You're obedient as a good bride is to her husband. Virtue. And you added to your virtue knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge what? Not knowledge of the world, but a knowledge of the Son of God. It is written in the book, volume of this book, from Genesis to Revelation. I come to do thy will, O God, for a body thou hast prepared me. God prepared himself a body. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me, Jesus said. Not of us. There's no such thing as a trinity God. There is one God. His name is Jesus. He is every office and function of that spirit. Christ is all, through all and in us all. That's the Father of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. That spirit, he is the Lord. The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Jesus is that spirit. You have added to faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. And that knowledge is not of the world, but of the word of God. Not just a hearer of the word, but a doer. You don't stop there. Knowledge, you add temperance. Temperance in all things. Striving for the mastery. Then temperance, patience. Now that patience, after you have done the will of God, you have need of patience that you will receive a full reward. And you will reap if you faint not. It requires us to keep running in this race. Never to quit. We are promised that if we do not quit, if we do not faint, that we will receive, we will reap what we have sown. It doesn't stop there. Then it goes from there, from patience to godliness. Now, godliness is the God life. Now, that mystery of godliness, 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, For God was manifest in the flesh. Not the Son of God. God himself was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the Spirit. Seen of angels. Preaching to the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. Who was? Not the Son of God. God was manifest in the flesh. God manifest in the flesh is called the Son of God. But that's not a second person of the Godhead. He is the Father. That's the reason Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the image of the invisible God. You want to see God? Look at Jesus. Separate person? No. Second person of the Godhead? No. That's the beast. 
The beast, we will see, is a false son of God that does not proclaim that he is the Father, God Almighty, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Spirit of God manifest in the flesh. Someone will say, well, you're twisting scriptures. Thinking that their pastor in a Trinitarian church and a Protestant religion has told them the truth. It's the tradition of the elders that has made the word of God to none effect, to have no power, diluted it, made it of none effect. Because it's not the true, real Jesus. It's a false Jesus, a false Christ, something in lieu of Christ that does not give him the glory that he is the Father. He is that God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the mighty God, Isaiah 9, 6. There is godliness. That's the God life. You cannot reach that level of godliness except Christ be in you lest you be reprobate. And that is where a man examines himself to see whether he be in the faith. That faith grows from faith to faith. That faith grows exceedingly into our Lord Jesus Christ in all things. Things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The things which are seen are temporal, temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. And faith is the substance of things, the eternal things, the true eternal things of God. These great and precious promises given to us whereby we can escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature, not ours, his divine nature. That's godliness. That's the God life. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27 Christ in you is the Holy Ghost in you, which is a mystery of godliness. And godliness is that God was manifest in the flesh in the days of his flesh. For God was in Christ, yes, reconciling the world unto himself. Now, Paul said, we pray you in Christ's stead. What? Now we are the light of the world. Now Christ is in us. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Now, God, that Father of glory, is in us, the body of Christ. There's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is a father of all, above all, and in us all. Who? The father of glory. The spirit of the son is the spirit of the father. There's only one spirit. Galatians 4, 6. For God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Why? Because there's only one spirit. Jesus is that spirit. Always has been that spirit and will always be that spirit. That's godliness. It's the God life. To understand Christ, that Christ is in you, lest you be reprobate. 
It takes the revelation of Christ in obedience unto Christ, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. You're not only believe on Jesus, but also, also to suffer for his name's sake. To suffer with him is to reign with him. Paul put it this way. We're troubled on every side, but yet not in distress. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our bodies the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? I thought he paid the price on the cross. He did. And he gave you his spirit to have the mind of Christ to crucify the flesh your own will to do his will. Crucifying your own flesh with the affections and the lust. That mystery of godliness is Christ in you, the hope of glory. For we which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of our Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal bodies. For we that are live does not manifest us, but Christ in us. It is through the obedience, through our good works, that we glorify our Father, Lord Jesus, which is in heaven. The godliness, you've added to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. Now you're walking and in, the, in the light of the Holy Ghost. As many as are led of the Spirit of God, by the Spirit. These are the sons of God. Not only just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. That requires obedience. In Romans 5, we find that by one man's disobedience, Adam, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As through the disobedience of one sin came upon the whole world, so through the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. That sin reigned by death. Now grace reigns. How? Grace reigns through righteousness. He is, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, showing us the way. He is the truth. He is that spirit of truth. And he is that life, that all life would be manifest in the Son. The Son is the Father revealed. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the express image of his singular person. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. You have to be one God. For godliness, Christ in you, the hope of glory, requires the revelation of Christ. Matthew 16. Jesus asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Isaiah, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then Jesus said, But who do you say I am? Who is the I am that I am? Who is this God? who is the only true God in eternal life. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, 
the Son of the living God. The Son of the living God has two criteria. Number one, he's the Spirit of God. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He's Elohim. He's El Shaddai. He's the Lord Jehovah. Two, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. That's the Son of God. The Father revealed. The Son of God is the Father revealed. Not second person of the Godhead. That's godliness. You cannot be in the God life without that revelation. For God was manifest in the flesh. Any spirit. This is how you try the spirits to see whether they are of God. 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. Hereby try you the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets are entered into the world. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the fleshes of God. Not has come. Not past tense. But is come. A present imperfect tense. He is that spirit. And he is still coming in flesh as the body, the church of the living God. If you believe that, that he is that spirit still coming in the flesh. That spirit's name is Jesus Christ. Is come in the flesh. He is the father. Still coming in the flesh. The Father's above all through all and in us all. Ephesians 4. Jesus Christ is come. Present imperfect tense. Is still coming in the flesh. Is present. Present tense. Come. That is imperfect. Is come. Is imperfect. It still has not been perfected. It's still in action. It is still dynamic. It is still happening. So any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, the Elohim, the El Shaddai, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, is come and is still coming, present in perfect tense, in the flesh, a body of Christ, the body of the Christ. You believe that. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. Is still come. Is still coming in the flesh. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Is of God. Will you believe that Jesus Christ is that spirit? He is the father of glory. He is the Holy Ghost. Well then you're of God. But any spirit that confesses not. That Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Is not of God. They say he is not the Father coming in the flesh. He's not that Holy Ghost Christ coming in the flesh. He's not that Christ coming in the flesh. He's a second person of the Godhead coming. No, 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 no. You have denied Jesus Christ. For Christ is that Spirit. If you say Jesus Christ is not coming in the flesh, he is not that Father of glory. He is not that Spirit. But he's Spirit Junior, Jehovah Junior. Then that is that spirit of Antichrist, 
which is already in the world, even in John's day. That is the Antichrist. It's the mystery of iniquity. When we see the mystery of godliness, that God life, and it is a mystery of godliness that we see in 1 Timothy 3.16. God was manifest in the flesh. But we also see 2 Corinthians 5.17 that now we are in Christ's stead. We are ambassadors of Christ. And we pray, pray you in Christ's stead. Be you reconciled unto God. For he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. God was in Christ in the days of his flesh because Christ, that spirit, humbled himself, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, came into the world and fulfilled the law, died, buried, and was rose again and went back to God. Not beside him, not around him sat down with the Father in his throne. S-E-T, sat down, a state of glory, sat down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.20. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And Acts 3.21, we see that the heavens must receive Jesus. He must stay there. In that, in that same Jesus that you crucified, he is coming again in like manner. But the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things, the restoration of all things. That hasn't happened yet. Still, one-third of prophecy has never been fulfilled, but it will be in the last days. And not one jot or one tittle of that law of the Spirit of life, of that word, will fail. That mystery of godliness is that God life which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who is that Christ? Well, 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11 said that the Old Testament prophets, let's see, that's uh, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets all the way to Malachi, spoke of the grace, prophesied of the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That's a capital S. Christ is that Spirit. He is that God. He is the Father. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is Elohim. He is God. Christ, first and foremost, is, has been, and always will be God. That's Christ. Christ is that Spirit. Christ is all, all that God is, and all of his attributes from the Aleph through the Tav, the A to the Z, the Alpha to the Omega. That's Jesus. He's the Christ. Well, the Old Testament prophets prophesied of the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them when it spoke beforehand signified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Not Christ Jr., not God Jr., but Christ himself, God himself, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. 
You see, the Son of God is God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. The Father with us. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. The expressed image of his singular person. You believe there's one God, you do well. The devils believe also and tremble. That godliness is that mystery of godliness. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, how does that work? Well, as many as are led by the Spirit of Christ, these are the sons of God. You're led of that Spirit. You're sons of God, daughters of God. You're obedient to that leading of the Holy Ghost. Well, what's the Holy Ghost speak of? Well, he speaks of the Son of God. Serving Spirit, a different function, a different office, but the same Spirit. That is where the Trinitarian doctrine misses it. That's where Binitarianism, Tunis, doctrine misses it. Think of the Lord said, my Lord's two Lords. No, there's only one Lord. And that's where oneness misses it in stating that the man Christ Jesus is on the right hand of God, but the man is not God, but God's still in Christ. That Christ is still nothing but a glorified body of flesh and bone. No, no, because the true Christ, the true revelation is that Christ is that spirit who proceeded from the Father, proceeded from Christ, came into the world, and took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man, found in fashion as a man. And he fulfilled the law as a man. And then he died, buried, and rose again, and was glorified back with the Father's own self, back to Christ. Well, Christ is that spirit, came to the world, died, buried, rose again, and then let, that, let all the house of Israel know surely that same Jesus whom you crucified, that man, God hath made him both Lord, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory, the Word, Holy Ghost, God Almighty, hath made him both Lord and Christ. Christ, the Spirit, came to the world as Christ the man, revealing Christ, and then went back glorified, what? Lord and Christ. He took all the glory back. Acts 2.36. Now you're in the doctrine of Christ, which is a foundation for the whole church. You have to be taught Christ. Christ is that Spirit. That's godliness. That's the mystery of godliness. Christ in you the hope of glory. And it's through the revelation that he is God. He's always been God and always will be God. Christ in you requires obedience. You see, grace reigns through through righteousness. What's righteousness? John 16. Jesus proceeded from the Father. From that waterfall, proceeds down that waterfall into that river. Same water, proceeded from that waterfall is the same water in that river. It proceeded from the Father. was manifest in the world. And for us, he took upon himself the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. To do that, he had to work 
only as a man. To do that, he had to lay aside his glory. A self-imposed limitation upon himself, Philippians 2, 6, made himself of no reputation. Laid aside his glory to work only as a man. For a man lost that only a man can redeem us back. On one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. The Son of God is the Father revealed, albeit he's not working as a father, he's working as a man, made in under the law as one of us. Galatians 4, verse 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? That spirit father spoke to spirit son, saying, come into the world. Die for the sin of the world and come back. No. How did God send forth his son? Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. Made and under the law. Who is that? Emmanuel. God with us. Not son of God with us. God with us. He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Isaiah 9, 6. That is, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall rest upon his shoulder. The man Christ Jesus. Who is he? He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father. The Prince of Peace. But for our sakes that were under the law, he made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory. He's not going to work as the Spirit of God. Philippians 2, 6 through 8. He's going to lay that aside, make himself of no reputation. He's going to become a man just like us. Not an Adam before the fall, but an Adam after the fall. He's going to come in under the law. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. Why? To redeem us that were under the law. There, the Son of God is the Father revealed. Jesus said, I am my Father one. John 10, 30. That is not whom, one, being in a union, but heis, H-E-I-S, meaning we're the very self-same spirit. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak are not mine. The Father that dwelleth houses permanently in me, never to leave, always eternal world without end, in a permanent abode. He's the one doing the works. He's the one healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosing the dumb tongues, the lame walk, and the captive, going free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. Jesus, at that point, is showing that the words that I speak are not mine, but the Father's that dwelleth in me. If you don't believe that I'm the Father, else believe me for the work's sake. Because I can, among self, as a flesh and blood, do nothing. All that I see my Father do, that's what I do. Not with a natural eye, but in the Spirit. The eye being that of the Spirit. And the words that he spoke was not his. He said, the father that dwelleth houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. So he laid aside his glory to become one of us, died, fulfilled that law, buried, no thing worthy of death in him, declared to be the son of God through the spirit by the resurrection of the dead, and then rose. Where did he go back? He went back to the father. John 17, 5 Jesus said, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory I had with you before the world was. That glory I put off, I want it all back. 
What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend back up where he was before. No second person of the Godhead. That is a lie that you have denied that Jesus is the Father. And except you believe that I am he, John 8, 24, you shall die in your sins. This they understood not. He spake to them of the Father. The Pharisees didn't see it. Neither do the Pharisees of this present day understand that Jesus is that Spirit. He is that Father. Now, if you want more information on that, you've been in a Trinity uh, religion all your life. I was in a Baptist church. I went to a Baptist church as a, as a young man uh, with my mother's a child until I was 13 years old and uh, learned my, uh, had a Sunday school quarterly, learned my Bible verses, got a little ghost or, but then after being out in the world and, uh, uh, being a professional musician for years and, and, uh, uh, from 13, I didn't walk back into a church until I was 27 years old. At that time I was, I was prophesied to, I was called to preach. I could not believe that. But after a time and a period of God dealing with me, I understood that call to be real. And when I read the word of God through the first time from Genesis to Revelation, took me a year studying the word of God. Then I saw that this just did not line up with what the true Bible, the true word of God said. They's preaching a different gospel. So at that time, I sat down and read this word for three years. My wife, Diane Woodard Beard, went to work. Never had worked before in her life, but went to work and paid our bills while I, her husband, with two young children, sat down and read the word of God for three years, eight to ten hours a day, and I just absorbed this word, and there were so many questions. Why are we preaching a Trinity God? When there's here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, one. You believe in one God, you do well. Yet we're talked about, we're taught God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And this is a lie. If you divide the Spirit of God in any way, God the Father separate from God the Son, and there are three distinct persons, but in a hypostatic union, one with another, being three, yet one, is a lie. You have to believe that Jesus is the Father of glory, John 8, 24, or you will die in your sins. He put off his glory, that spirit, made himself of no reputation to become a man, a man and under the law, just like you and me. He fulfilled that law through that spirit of God that he is. For God giveth not by the, the spirit by measure unto him, not not from being resurrected from the tomb, but from birth. He is the Spirit of God, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. That's the reason they could bow down to the baby Jesus and not be in idolatry because he is the Father of glory. He is God. And the only one you can worship is God Almighty. Jesus made himself of no reputation, came into the world, laid aside his glory, fulfilled the law as a man, progressively glorified his own human back to himself. That's the reason he said, Father, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the world was. Why? He laid it aside so he could become one of us. There, when he was in the world as one of us, he's in our stead, 
or propitiation. So he has to pray to the Father because the law is still there, separating God from man. That law has to be fulfilled. That law has to requires blood. Without shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And that wall, that law has to be, that middle wall of partition between God and man has to be broken down. And Jesus did this, though he beat the Spirit of God. He made himself of no reputation because he looked for a man. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, David, all, uh, all the way to Malachi. And there was none good, no, not one. I searched for a man, yet I was amazed I could find none. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation to myself. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Christ was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Christ. (laughs) He was Christ, born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. Who? The Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Emmanuel, God with us. That Jesus is the Father revealed. He's Emmanuel, God with us. After he worked salvation in and of himself, literally fulfilling the law as a man, because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. God became that man by making himself of no reputation, laying aside his glory because God can't die. God can't suffer. But the man did, and God made himself of no reputation took upon him a form of a servant. Who is that servant? Isaiah 43.10 tells you who it is. Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Sounds like two. But God said that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. I am the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. I am that servant. I am that man. That man is God. Always has been God and always will be God. Oh, well, he prayed to the Father. Yes, because in the days of his flesh, he's in our stead. That law is still there. He has to fulfill that law. He has to break down that middle wall of partition. And when he does, then he, he dies on the cross. The veil is rent from top to bottom in Herod's temple. And he takes the ordinances of that law, separating God from man, of who he is, God manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. That when he does, he takes the ordinances of that law, that wall that divided, that parted God from man, and he took the ordinances of that law and nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down that middle wall of partition, that wall that parted God from man, thereby of the twain, God and all mankind, making one new man. That man is God. We see in 1 Corinthians 15.45, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That's not quickening spirit. That's Adam. The first man was made a living soul. The second Adam, that second man, that last Adam, that last man, Jesus, was made a quickening spirit. Well, small S-P-I-R-I-T. Why? Because that little S-P-I-R-I-T, the spirit of that man, there when he died upon the cross, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit and gave up the ghost. 
that spirit of that man became one with the spirit of God, making salvation for all mankind. And by that spirit, the spirit, the Holy Ghost, God himself went and preached to the spirit shut up in prison by that spirit, capital S. Those spirits that were shut up in prison, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all of those shut up in prison, thereby bringing them into those spirits of just men made perfect now in heaven with the Lord. Hebrews 12, 12 tells us that, that you have come to that new Jerusalem, the Jerusalem that is above, the mother of us all, to uh, innumerable company of angels, the church and assembly of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. Jesus, the mediator of the covenant, where he's made it for us. Who's that mediator? Who makes intercession for you? Somebody said, well, the man did up there. You know, he's talking to the father. No. Romans 8, 23 through 26. No man knows how he ought to pray, but the spirit itself capital S, spirit itself, maketh intercession for us according to the will of God with groanings that cannot be uttered. That's according to the will of God. Who's your intercessor? Who's your mediator? The spirit itself. That's a capital S. Who's that spirit? Jesus. He is that spirit. The son of God is the father? Yes. Different office and function, but the same exact same spirit. You believe in one God, one Spirit, one Father, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of the Son, you do well. There's only one. And Jesus said, except you believe that I am the Father, you will die in your sin. John 8, 24. John 8, 27. This they understood not. He spake to them of the Spirit. He told Philip over there. Philip asked him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you, and hast thou not known me, Philip? He that seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believe me that I'm in my Father, and my Father in me, or else believe me for the work's sake. Who do you think's doing all this work? If I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, know ye the kingdom of God's come down to you. I'm the finger of God. That's how I'm casting out these devils. That's how he's working the works of God. The Father that dwelleth in him, he's the one doing the works, John 14. You've got to believe that, friend. You've got to come out of Trinitarian organizations or you'll never see it. Somebody said, how dare you? Oh, listen, just because it's been there since 325 A.D., Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of hearts and abomination of the earth, and they say there's three spirits, dragon, beast, and false prophet, false father, false son, and false Holy Ghost. That's Revelation 16, 13. There's three spirits which are spirits of frogs, which are the spirits of devils working miracles, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, false father, son, and Holy Ghost. You divide him, you've got three. When you've got the Trinitarian doctrine there, except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, John 8, 24, you'll die in your sins. You do not believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is that spirit there, then you have, and you have taken on the mark. That is the mark of the beast, 
the mark of a false son of God. The mark of the beast is a false son. There's an image to the beast that had the deadly wound and was healed that all should worship the beast, not the father of glory, the beast. That is the son of God come in the flesh. And all those that have understanding and have that revelation of Jesus knows that the beast is a false son. It is a second person of the Godhead. There is no such thing as a second person of the Godhead. That servant, somebody said, well, it sounds like it is. Isaiah 43.10 tells you, Thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Spirit of God, and my servant whom I have chosen, the man, made in the likeness of man, taken on the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man, being found in shape, found in form, and that in the likeness of man, found in fashion as a man, who? God himself in fashion as a man, not God Jr., not second person of Godhead Jr., God himself. Now you have the true Jesus. That you may know and believe me. What? Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. Not denominations, not Trinity uh, uh, denominations of this world, but may know, believe me, believe God and understand. Have that revelation that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed. God formed is the son of God. God formed is the father revealed in a body of flesh. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I, God, am he. Beside me, there is no other savior. I am the Lord, thy redeemer, Jesus Christ, the son of God, the father revealed. You can read that through Isaiah 43, 10 on. Isaiah 43, 10, 44, Isaiah 45. There is no other God, no uh, no God beside me. Somebody said, well, Jesus is beside the Father. Well, he said, there's no God beside me. I know not any. There is no other God, no other God, Jr. Never has been, never will be. Now you're getting the real Jesus. Somebody said, well, I've, I've been taught all my life. I know what you've been taught. So was I. But if you seek God earnestly, diligently with your heart, with your whole heart, and the day you seek for God with your whole heart, that's a day you'll find him. Not believe in any man-made doctrines, man-made religions. Seek the Lord with all your heart, and he promises you will find me, the real Jesus. That's godliness. That is the mystery of godliness. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, then what's this mystery of iniquity? You see, in 2 Thessalonians 1, he said, this faith grows exceedingly, and this charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. What is charity? Well, charity is not faith. There abide faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity, and I'll show you a more excellent way. Paul said to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14. Charity. How do you reach charity? Charity is not love. Charity is a love of God based in doing his will in obedience to the word. It's keeping his commandments. It's not just love. He that loveth God keepeth his commandments, and they're not grievous. That's charity. When you obey God, 
and all his promises, all his commands, statutes, and judgments. That is charity. Charity is the bond, a guarantee of perfectness. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because you're doing the will of God. It's blood flow. All from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. You're walking in the light as he's in the light. You're walking in present truth. And you have fellowship one with another. Blood flow through the body of Christ. Making but one body. The Lord, he is the head. Jesus is the head. And you, members in particular, making but one man. Filling heaven and earth. The body of the Christ. View the body of the Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is the revelation of, uh, that revelation of godliness. When you add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, uh, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. Now you're in that flow of the spirit and obedience to the spirit of God. That's the mystery of godliness. Christ in you, the hope of glory. As many as are led of the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Those that walk in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that is so important because we find that in Romans 6, Paul said, Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death, that's carnal-minded. Well, I've got the Holy Ghost. Well, you can take a look at the church of Corinth. And Paul said... Are you not still yet carnal? Carnally minded? To be carnally minded is death. For you have divisions among you. Strife, malice, jealousy. Are you? You're, you're not perfect yet, but you are, are you still not yet carnal? You should put away these things. To be carnally minded is death. Well, you've got the Spirit of God. Yes, the, the Corinth church worked more in the, in the gifts of the Holy Ghost than, than the other churches. Yet Paul said you're still carnally minded. You're not doing the will of God. You're quenching that spirit. You're making him serve with your sins. You see, those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't have it both ways. Somebody said, well, I can have a house, land, cars, this prosperity message. No, friend. Many have erred thinking that gain is godliness. You cannot serve God and mammon. And if riches do increase, don't set your heart upon them. You see, the grounds of a rich man brought forth plentifully. And he was a good businessman, according to the world. And he said, what shall I do? I know what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. I'll expand my business. And then I will say, so, eat, drink, and be merry, for thou hast much good stored up for many years. And then that night, a voice from heaven said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. Friend, if you're setting up treasures in this world and rich toward self, 
Oh, woe, 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 woe be unto you. So we at the here at the DBM Dennis Spirit Ministries have sold out our possessions and followed the Lord. Somebody said, Well, gee, that's uh that's a hard thing to do. Jesus have mercy on us. Well, he said, Do it. Luke twelve. Sell that you have and give alms, give offerings. Provide for provide you provide for yourself treasures in the heavens. Where mouth and rust is, does not corrupt, and thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. And that's the reason why in the book of Acts, second chapter, all that had possessions, lands, and houses, and possessions, sold them and laid them at the apostles' feet. Well, that's how the gospel, the, pro, the promulgation, the preaching, the proclaiming of the word of God went through all the world turning the world upside down in the Pentecostal move of God. And now in these last days, in tabernacles, it'll be far, far greater. It's the last great reign of his strength. You see, in Hosea 6, verse 1, it tells us the time. Come and let us return to the Lord. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He has smitten, he will bind us up. Why? Because we're following other gods. We're following other uh, idolatry because if the law I had not known idolatry save the law had said thou shalt not covet if I covet anything down here in this earthly realm it's called idolatry so the Lord hath torn he will heal us he's smitten he will bind us up God said not only the devil does that no God does God kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. Deuteronomy 32. I, the Lord, do all these things. Shall there be evil in the city? And I, the Lord God, had not done it. God has his way in the wind and in the whirlwind. Where's this pestilence coming from? God himself. Where's coronavirus? God himself. Somebody says, no. The kings of this earth and the and presidents and all this, they're the ones that rule. No, they don't. In Daniel 4, he showed uh, Nebuchadnezzar that he rules in the affairs of men and in the kingdom of men. God has his way in all things. The sovereignty of God. And it's to do one thing, to show us, to reveal to us the body of Christ and to the world that he alone is God. There's not another. And we have to give him that glory. For every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. God Almighty to the glory of the Father. That he is the Father of glory. That he is the Lord Jehovah. That Jesus is the Lord. The Lord Jehovah. God Almighty. The omnipotent. Omniscient. Omnipresent. Spirit of God. For Jesus is the blessed and only potentate. That's the omnipotent. Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy six fifteen and 16. Who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. He is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, the Father. But this false doctrine, this false trinity world will say, no, Jesus is not the Father. Or at least there's two of them. The Lord said unto my Lord, thinking that that is another Lord separate from the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. The Lord Father said unto the Lord Junior, no. They're one and the self same. The Lord, capital L O R D, all capitalized, is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the invisible spirit. 
said unto my Lord. What is that? Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, Adonai, Adon, Adon, the man who has that spirit of God, the Lord, the Jehovah God Almighty, without measure. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is the spirit of God, which is invisible. The capital L, small O-R-D, the Adon, is the man who is revealing the capital O, capital R, capital D, R-D, which is the self-same spirit. One is invisible, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the invisible spirit of God, the Father of glory. The capital L, small O-R-D, small case, is Adon, which is that spirit made manifest, revealed, seen, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. Same spirit. How much of it? All of it. That's the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. To the full acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid, hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. Let no man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, at the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. What is Christ? Christ is the Spirit, came to the world as Christ, the man, and went back glorified with Christ, the Spirit. Christ is the Spirit, always has been, laid aside his glory, became Christ the man, fulfilled the law, and went back to Christ, the Spirit of God. That's the reason why Acts 2.36, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus, that man you crucified, God hath made him, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. That is godliness. That's the God life that you have added to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. You know the revelation of Christ. 1 John 5, 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Father of glory, that came to the world as a man and went back to that spirit, that he is and always has been God. He is the Christ. Christ is the invisible spirit. Christ manifests in a body of flesh. Christ went back, now given to us the spirit of Christ. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, that spirit, the Lord is that spirit, he is the Holy Ghost, is born of God. First John 5, verse 1. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. That is the faith. There's not another. That is the revelation of Christ. If any man abide not in that doctrine, in the doctrine of Christ, 2 John 9, he hath not God. Somebody said, well, they, they, we go to church every day. We, we, were, we worship God Jr., the second person of the Godhead, and we know we're saved. Oh, you've repented, but you don't have the revelation of Christ. You're following a false God. So God will do a work in these last days for one reason, to reveal that he is Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he is the Lord, and beside him there is no other God. He's not the second person of the Godhead. He is the Father. He's going to reveal it. And that's the reason for the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him, John, to show unto his servants things that must shortly come to pass, sent and signified by his angel unto John. 
Those things are what's going to seal the body of Christ. You, if you believe this word, come out from among her and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing, and God will see you with that mind of Christ. Revelation 7. Then you will have that godliness, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let a man so examine himself, whether he be in the faith, lest we be reprobate. And that requires the knowledge of Christ. Christ is the foundation of this church. Christ is that revelation, and he will reveal Christ in the last days. A stone, where is a white, white stone? Where is a new name written that only he knows that receives it? That's the sealing of God's servants in their foreheads. Higher revelation. Why? To give him the glory that's due unto his name. Jehovah is salvation. Not Jehovah Junior. Jehovah is salvation. He's the Lord. God Almighty. There's only one. Somebody said, well, I'm oneness. I believe he's at the right hand of God and God's still in Christ. You have not so learned Christ. And so be the Christ is in you. You're at the right hand of God. He made a place, a place prepared for you. Ephesians 1. When he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, what he wrought for us were, not him, for us. Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Him that overcometh sit, S-I-T, with me in my throne. Where'd you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a state of glory. Always has been God. Always will be God. Down with my Father in His throne. Not beside it, around it. In it. He is that spirit. That's godliness. That's the mystery of godliness. The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. In whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's all in Him. Let no man spoil you through vain deceit. Philosophy of men. There's a way that seemeth right to a man, but then there are the ways of death. Well, if he's the father, he's got to have a son. That's a separate person. God sent his son. That's got to be a different. No, he sent his word. The word was made flesh. Who's the word? The word was God. The word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. That's God himself. And God said, let there be light. And God said, that's the word. That's not a different spirit. God created the heavens and earth. How? By his word. All things were made by him. That's not a different spirit. God created it all. Jeremiah 51, 15. By his word, by his wisdom, by his power, and by his understanding. Himself alone. Isaiah 44, 24. Not with God speaking to the Father, speaking to the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let us make man in our own image. Genesis 1, 26. The us is not other persons. The us are the attributes of God. The Allah through the top. Let us make man in our own image. Plural, personal pronoun. What is the us? God is love. Love stepped forward. If he hadn't, Adam would have no love. Wisdom came forward. Notice in Proverbs 8, I, wisdom, was daily his delight. That's a, that's a singular personal pronoun. I, wisdom. Well, that's not a different person. Seek wisdom. 
Seek knowledge. With all you're getting, get wisdom. Well, I wisdom dwell with prudence. Dwells with prudence. Prudence is another attribute of God. And with me is understanding. That's another attribute of God. Power. That's another attribute of God. And on and on. All the attributes of God and the infinite attributes and the infinite glory of God and all his beauty and majesty and dignity. That's not another person's. Somebody said, well, said, let us. Yeah, that's the attributes of God from A to Z, the Allah through the top. And each one came forward, and Adam had each of those attributes in him as a living soul. Read the next verse, Genesis 1, 27. So God made man in his own image. Singular personal pronoun, his. Well, his is the us. Male and female created he them. Who's the he? All the attributes of God. His wisdom, power, understanding. Jeremiah 51, 15. Those are attributes. All the attributes of God. And Adam had those. That is not and never has been a Trinity God. That's godliness. Believing in one God. That's a Shema. That's Deuteronomy 6, 4. The commandment above all commandments. Mark 12, 29. The scribe came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest, what's the first, what's the dominant commandment of all? What's the first commandment? And Jesus said, the first commandment is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not two, not three, no trinity, one. Mark 12, 29. When you get that revelation, now you're getting on into the revelation of Jesus. You're getting on into where you can now grow and uh, up into him in all things. You'll come to all knowledge of the truth. But if you stay in Trinity doctrine, you'll die there. The children of the kingdom will be cast out. There's different levels. Babes go to children. I run you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. You've got to know that Jesus is the Father. First John 2, 12 through 14. Well, somebody said, well, my parents were always... Presbyterian, Baptist, uh, Methodist, uh, uh, Foursquare, you know, uh, uh, Assembly of God, whatever the case may be. Well, there are a lot of good people there, but if they don't come to the knowledge, this godliness, this revelation of Jesus, they will not make heaven. They shall die in their sins. We've got to grow up in him in all things, Ephesians 4. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. You'll never be in the work of the ministry. Why? Because for the edifying of the body of Christ, do we all come in the unity of the faith? Unity of the faith? Yeah, not different denominations out there. The unity of the faith until the knowledge of the Son of God. What's in God? The knowledge of the Son of God is not gnosko, anointing after, not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Jesus is that spirit. He is the Holy Ghost. But it's not just knowing him after the spirit and not after the flesh now. It's epigenosko, the knowledge of the Son of God. That is coming to the same measure, the stature of, and the perfect image of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why? Because God is coming back for a bride that has made herself ready without spot, without blemish, a perfect, blameless church in the image of Jesus Christ. 
That's godliness. That's the mystery of godliness. What's that mystery of iniquity? Paul tells us in First, Second uh, Thessalonians, the second letter of the church of Thessalonica, that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. To get to that charity is that final seventh step in growth up into the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to add to your faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. A lot of them don't even get that knowledge that he is the father. Those are little children in 1 John 2, 12-14. I write unto you little children, John said in his epistle, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you, I write unto you little children, because you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. You have that knowledge. But then you grow up higher. I write unto you young men. You've grown from little children to young men. I write unto you young men because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. How the word of God gets strong in you? Through obedience to the word. To prove the will of God in you. You've got to do the will of God. If we don't do the will of God, we don't make heaven. Somebody said, how can you say that? I think I'm already saved, sanctified, filled with the spirit of God. I'm on my way to heaven. If you do the will of God, you will. If you walk in the light, as he's in the light, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, and you have fellowship with the, with the brethren, fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. If you walk in the light, is a continual progressive glory. Not, not stagnant, but, but dynamic, growing up in him and all things. So you've added to that faith virtue, virtue knowledge. If you don't get that knowledge that he's the father, you're cut off right there. Then, then knowledge is temperate. You must be temperate in all things. Ruling well your spirit. Then temperance, uh, patience. That after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience that you may receive a full reward. Let patience have her perfect work. A perfect work, yes. Holding on by faith, believing in faith, standing in faith, fighting the good fight of faith, knowing what he said he will certainly deliver. All his promises are yea and amen. And then godliness, that's the spirit that spirit in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's a mystery of godliness. Godliness. You are young men. You've overcome the world. The word of God is strong in you. You've been not only a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Your faith, there is not dead faith, but faith by showing you faith by your works. Works that accompany salvation. That's what he told the church at Ephesus. In, in Revelation, the second chapter. said, you... Uh, church at Ephesus, right. He said, you know those that are false apostles. They had the word of God. They could discern that. But somehow they had grown cold. They had become very mechanical in their worship. That hot, heated fervency of the Holy Ghost that they had, had lost it. They had left their first love. He said, repent. Get in that word of God. And believe that word in present proceeding word of God and that every man will live but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God get in that present truth of the word repent and do your first works over what works not being baptized again but doing your first works over what works works that accompany salvation that works the works of the ministry the works of of the ministry Ephesians 4 21 
the works of the ministry, growing up into him, Jesus, and all things, not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but growing up in him in all things. These things are the things of faith. Walking in that present truth, that present light. Take heed lest a promise, a singular promise, slip any of you that you should seem to come short of entering into his rest. Hebrews 4. If Jesus had given a rest, he would not have spoken of another day. Jesus spoke of another day that those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. And at that last day, I will raise you up. You will enter into that rest. We have to obey. That's godliness. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not a hear the word, but a doer. Is that all? No, you're young men. You've overcome the wicked one. What did you do? How did you do? How do you know the will of God and how did you do it? If you don't do the will of God, we find that in Matthew 7. Not all the saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Even though you call him Lord Jehovah God Almighty, you know there's not a trinity. You know there's not a two-ness or a oneness where Jesus is separate, the man from God. The man is God. What is oneness? Say the man's not God, but God's in him. What's the true one God doctrine? Jesus only. That man is God. Here's your difference. Sat down with the Father in his throne. Jesus. That no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, the only begotten God, which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. There's your John 1.18. He's the He's He is the only begotten Son. Magnaganes Huels. He's the only begotten God. Monogamous theos. It's one of the same. Both are correct. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. Not God Jr. Not the second person of the Godhead. God did. Well, to do the will of God, there you have to have the word of God in you and find what the quest is for your life in doing the will of God. What's the will of God for you? It's not only obedience to the scriptures, but to find out where you are in the body of Christ and do it. Doing the will of God. You see, in Matthew 7, Jesus said, Not all say to me, Lord, Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, will be able to enter in. Then they will profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've cast out devils, we've done many wonderful works in your name, and we prophesied in your name. Then Jesus said, Depart from me. He says, I never knew you. Depart from me, not from us, but from me. For I never knew you. You work, you that work iniquity. What's iniquity? The mystery of iniquity. The mystery of iniquity, you did not do the will of God. You thought you were fine. You thought you were safe, sanctified, and on your way to heaven. God said, you thought I was altogether one like you. But in that day, I will rise up and re reprove you. Oh, my goodness. We don't want to hear frightful words depart from me, you that work iniquity, for I never knew you. Why? For you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. You didn't do the will of God. How do you do the will of God? Romans 12, and I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. Not for somebody else, for you. 
You get in the word of God. Seek him with all your heart. God's going to reveal it to you. And then do it. It's just that simple. God knows what he's doing. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He'll lead you and guide you into all truth if you seek him and obey him. There, Romans 12, 1, you are obedient. You're proving and doing the will of God. And 1 John 2, 12 through 14, you are young men. You've grown up to young men. For the word of God is strong with you, and you've overcome the wicked one. You've overcome the world, the devil, and your own flesh. There remains one more step. I write unto you, fathers, because you've known him. That's from the beginning. That's the word of God. That's a word that he's going to do in the revelation of Jesus in these last days. That's a sealing of God in your forehead. That's the mind of Christ. That. He said, I have written to you, fathers, because you've known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. Him that's from the beginning is the word. In the beginning was the word. Word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. That's him that's from the beginning. That's the word of God. That's the final revelation of Jesus and the seven thunders uttered their voices. And he was about to write, and, and John was about to write, and he said, seal it up and write it not. What the seven thunders uttered, their voices of the seven thunders. Somebody said, well, i got a seven thunder ministry. I, I've got the, the sons of Borazernes. Uh, oh, yeah? That, that, <laughs> they're seeing there's something. They just, they just don't know what it is. <laughs> they don't know what it is. Everybody wants to get deep in the Word of God. It's broken, humble, and contrite, friend. It's the body compacted together. Literally fitly framed together through the bone to bone to the edifying of itself, whichever joint, the body of Christ coming together, whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. God compacted it together for the edifying of it. That their joint, the bones are joined to the bones, and their individual ministrations and their will of God. If you know that the, you're the foot, then don't try to be the I can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. God has bestowed the more abundant honor on the less comely parts. There'd be no chism in the body, no division, no denominations, no heresies, but only one body, not governed by some home office there of headquarters for this so-called body of Christ. The body of Christ is not a local church building. Your lively stones were built up a spiritual house whereby we offer praises unto God. The calves of our lips. These feasts of charity. And the ones that do not speak according to the feast of charity. How did you get to charity? Well, you added to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge. Knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. That's a mystery. That's a mystery of God, mystery that Christ in you, the mystery of godliness, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's uh, 1 Timothy 3.16. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27. And then you add to that godliness, brotherly kindness, and that's the reason why God, the Lord Jesus, had no reproof or rebuke against the Philadelphian church. Let brotherly love continue. Brotherly kindness. And then add to brotherly kindness, 
charity. Second Peter 1, charity. Charity is the bond of perfectness. It'll get you there. It's a guarantee you're going to get there. It will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because it's obedience in the blood flow, eating the flesh of the Son of Man and drinking his blood. Then you have life. Except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man. What's that? The Son of Man is Jesus ahead, you the body of the Christ. Preferring your brother above yourself. Condescending to men of low estate. Provoking one another unto good works. The body of Christ in which ever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. There is charity. And see that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you aboundeth. One toward another, brethren, we're bound to thank God for you and all your tribulation and persecution that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. That's not Christ and you the hope of glory. That's the kingdom age where you will reign and rule with Christ a thousand years. The Melchizedek ministry, Jesus ahead, you, the body of the Christ, reigning and ruling with Christ as king priest during the thousand years. Then he said, I told you in the first letter for the Lord himself, Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Well, they thought the imminent return, like most of the churches today, think, oh, well, Jesus can come any minute. No, he cannot. The word of God still has to be fulfilled. The heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution and restoration of all things. And then Jesus will come. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. What? For then shall be a time of great tribulation. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 10, Luke 21. Great tribulation. So it never was such it was a nation, neither shall ever be again. Except those days will be shortened, no flesh will be saved, but for the elect's sake. Not Israel after the flesh, but the church, the elect of God. For the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. The Lord will do a short work. And he will, it's a short, and cut it short. The Lord will do a work and cut it short in righteousness. He'll put in the sickle and reap his harvest. So they thought at the imminent return, he could come any second. And Paul had to write another letter, the second letter to the church at Thessalonica, saying, now remember, 2 Thessalonians 2. I've got to talk to you about the coming, the second coming of the Lord, the coming of Christ, and are gathered together unto him, that you be not soon shaken by letter, or as letter as from us, that first letter shook him up, or angels, or any of them. For that day, the day of Christ will not come, the day of the Lord will not come until I come a falling away first. Falling away? Yes. The Spirit speaketh. That's 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. The Spirit speaketh expressly. Then in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith. Somebody said, well, you once saved, always saved. No, you're not. The Scripture tells you some will depart from the faith. Not all, but some shall depart from the faith. 1 Timothy 4, 1. The Spirit speaketh expressly. That means it will happen. Some shall depart from the faith. Given heed to seducing spirits. 
Doctrines of devils. What are these seducing spirits? Doctrines of devils. Because they'll have indignation against the Holy Covenant. Jesus himself. It's holy. The Holy Ghost is holy. You can't just lie, cheat, and steal and go to church and say that you are full of the Holy Ghost. The Ghost, the Spirit of God, is holy. Therefore, you have to bring forth works that glorify your Father in heaven, the Lord Jesus, to be holy. That's the mind of Christ. There, he said, that day, they're going to be falling away first. The son of perdition be revealed. Well, First Timothy 4.1, Paul stated, Spirit speaketh expressing the latter day, some shall depart from the faith, given heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, having the conscience seared with a hard heart. In other words, they walk over people, they don't care about a soul. They think they're so righteous and so holy that they have a right to walk over you with no love whatsoever, conscience seared by the hot iron, forbidding to marry, abstaining from meats, which God has sanctified by the word of God in prayer. These will think they're righteous in their own eyes, self-righteousness, which is as filthy rags in the sight of God. Well, then, Paul is stating that. I want you to know that that day of Christ will not come until it comes of falling away first. That man of sin, be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes all that is God. He opposes all that is God, or that is worship. He don't care if you're really a Christian or not, if you worship something else, if you're a Buddhist or you're an Islam. You 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 worship Allah through Muhammad the prophet, or however you worship, that he's against that. He's against all that is called God or that is worship. So that he as God, capital G-O-D, setteth in the temple of God. That's not a, a, a brick and mortar temple. That's naos. That's a spiritual temple of God. Showing himself that he is God. Paul said, remember you not when I was with you. I told you these things. Only, only what withholdeth until he be revealed in his time. Something's withholding. Something's restraining. Then he said, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. What's the mystery of iniquity? Well, if the mystery of godliness is the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, working in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure, Christ in you the hope of glory, and walking in that, that law of the Spirit of life, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You'll crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. Then what's the mystery of iniquity? In Romans 7, Paul said, That which I do, I would do, that I don't do. That which I would not do, that I do. Therefore, I find in my flesh, in my body, a law. What is that law? A law of sin and death. What? In my members. That iniquity in my members. Paul put it this way. Oh, wretched man that I am. And he has the Holy Ghost. He's talking about that outward fleshly desires. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. And the, lust, and the world passed away with the lust thereof. 
what the members the the senses they they lust after to envy jealousy strive this is carnal mindedness even though a person has the holy ghost still carnally minded to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace so paul said at that point you've got to crucify that flesh O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Not the body of Christ, the body of this death. He said, I thank God through Christ Jesus my Lord. Who, while we walk after the flesh, not fulfilling the walk after the, the spirit, the law of the spirit, and thus not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. He puts it this way in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members. What's that? The, you mend your members. This, this body of this, of this death. These members that lust to envy. That want this world. The pride of life. The lust of the eyes. The lust of the flesh. It has to be crucified. And you can do that only through Christ. Through the Holy Ghost to literally crucify the flesh, all these affections, all these lusts, and then you will be what? Fulfilling the will of God, doing his will, and find your place in the body of Christ and do it. Doing the will of God. And this is so important for the sealing of the servants of God in their forehead, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. What's that? It works in the in the members. When we find people, they'll start in the in the spirit, but then think they're justified in the flesh. And and Paul warns against this. That we think, well, you know, because of the spirit of God that I have and I've done, we where we start walking in the spirit of life, and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, but then think we're made perfect in the flesh, lording over God's heritage, Nicolaitans. Nico to rule over laitans, the laity of God, ruling over them. Not making us being examples for the flock, but ruling over them. And when we do that, that lest they should suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ, want to glory in your flesh, telling you what you must do. Touch not, handle not. Each of these, the the touch not, taste not, handle not, which has a show of wisdom and will worship, not to the satisfying of the flesh, but that's not worshiping in the spirit. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Will worship. I will not do this. I will do that. That's fine. Get that on your knees. Whatever God tells you, do it. Have faith. Have it to yourself. Have faith, have convictions, have it to yourself. But don't preach convictions as salvation. But God, blessed is a man, whosoever does not condemn himself in the thing which he allows. All things are, are lawful, all things. But not all things are expedient. They, the meat offered to idols is nothing. The, but Paul said, if I eat flesh, I will not eat meat, as long as the world stands, if it offends my brother. Now I'm walking in love. I'm walking in the spirit of life. 
I'm considering my weak brother. Those which are spiritual. Restore, restore those ones that are in a spirit of meekness. The weak brother in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself also. For if you judge, you'll be judged. So it's always walking in love. In the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The mystery of iniquity is where that living in our, in our members, that lust in our members, we haven't come to full age. As the newborn babes desire sincere milk of the Lord, they may grow thereby, but we have to grow. Because he said those that are still babies, in Hebrews 5, are unskillful in the word of righteousness. They don't know they must grow up into him in all things. They're unskillful in that. But those that are full age and fully mature of having their senses exercised thereby. Those senses are now brought into subjection of Christ. The mystery of iniquity is not working in them. They're not giving heed to any of the laws of the members in that law of, of death in their members. They have taken the heed that Paul said in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members, the members of your, of your body, the senses, the eyes, sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing, shunning the very appearance of evil. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey. To be carnally minded, whether it's of sin unto death. Well, I've got the Holy Ghost, but I'm still not growing up into him. I don't have my senses exercised thereby to discern good from evil. But the ones that are fully mature do. The ones that are full age do. The ones that come unto fathers, from young men unto fathers, are sealed in their foreheads. They will not be deceived. It's not the change. Yet the, this vile body hadn't been a fashion like in his glorious body yet, whereby he's able to subdue all things to himself. We have not been changed in a moment of twinkling an eye. We have not immortality put on immortality yet. But we're sealed in our foreheads. Why? That we will not be deceived in the other trumpet judgments of God. In Revelation 7, we have the mind of Christ. That mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. What is that mystery of iniquity? It's the it's the the uh, the laws of those members. It's the law of government in the land. It's not the church. It's not the apostolic authority of authority of the church. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. What is that? He that opposes all that is God or that is worship. That opposes that antichrist. It lays back and, and withholds that Antichrist from ruling over all the and deceiving the whole world. That mystery of iniquity doth already work. Kings, presidents, governments of man, all these, Rome, the papacy, the divisions, denominations, all of these that that uh, uh, hold power over man. They are letting, they're holding back that Antichrist. But then, when that's removed, only he who now letteth will let, or will restrain until he restrains until he's taken out of the way. That he is that 
that mystery of iniquity and the rulers of the darkness of this world. The rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, still rule in this area. But then the Antichrist himself will be revealed. When that's removed, it'll be chaos. And he'll come in and take the flat, the kingdom by flatteries. By peace he shall destroy many. He'll have indignation, uh, 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 agreement with them that have indignation. And he will corrupt by flatteries those that have an indignation against the Holy Covenant, Jesus. That's a mystery of iniquity. It's that things that work in the member. It's that, that mystery of iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost says, here's the way, walk in it. Go higher in the Word of God. I'm leading you and guiding you all the truth. And you say, no, I've already got all the truth. I've got one scripture, and that's all I got, and I, that's all I need, and that's all essential for salvation, death, burial, and resurrection, not knowing I have to go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ being sealed in my forehead as a father, knowing him that's from the beginning. And I missed that because I did not do the will of God. Then I hear, depart from me, you work, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, friend, I admonish you, in the name of Jesus, to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, which are kings, priests, and to the Lord our God, we will reign and rule with the Lord, uh, not as newborn babes, uh, not as little children, not as young men, but as fathers sealed in our foreheads, which the time is now for those that have an ear to hear. We've got to grow up. You have to come out of these heresies, these denominations that are holding back the body of Christ. This Trinity doctrine, binitarianism, oneness, where we say that man's not God, the Jesus-only doctrine, the true doctrine of Jesus, uh, that he alone is God. There's not any other God. I know not any. Neither are the God beside me. He is God, and there's not another. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, First Timothy six fifteen and 16, who only hath immortality. We're preaching the Jesus-only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, the blessed and only one who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no other man can approach to, nor see, nor can see. God is sealing his people now. That's what you're going to see. Tune into the broadcast, the podcast, sealinggodspeople.org. You'll see it on your iPhones, Androids, and various places on the podcast. Listen to us daily as we get this word to you in the present proceeding word of God for those that have an ear to hear what God is doing now. Not Pentecost, what he did 2,000 years ago, but not a Pentecostal, but tabernacleist. Going on to the measure of the statue of Jesus, let's be sealed in our foreheads. What that sealing is, we'll be covering that in detail. Exactly what that means. Come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man for whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, and those that he predestinated, them he called, them that he called to justified, and them that he justified. He also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. For the God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourself. For the Lord is that spirit. Jesus is that spirit. He's not spirit junior. He is that one God. There's not another. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face beholding us in a glass the glory 
of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Don't let anybody tell you any different. God's got great things for you, exceedingly above all that we can think or ask. Uh, coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ uh, in this high glory and the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Don't mess out. Tune in daily with me, your host, Dennis Spirit. Behold the real Jesus until the next time. Sealing God's people.org. We'd love to see you again.